I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. Today's guest is a former Major League Baseball player. He has played for the Chicago White Sox, the LA Dodgers, and the Atlanta Braves. Most recently, he shifted his focus into the art world. A longtime physical artist and painter, he has now made his first NFT collection called Aku Dreams. Money Movers, please welcome to the podcast, Micah Johnson. Hi, Micah. Hi, it's good. Good, good. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. You know, I feel like the first time I stumbled across you was in the clubhouse days. We were in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, it was kind of bopping around clubhouse rooms and you were speaking about NFTs, cryptocurrency, and you were in the right preliminary phases of launching your first NFT project. Yeah, we did. That was back in February. Um, It wasn't necessarily my first project, but it was the first one that um, was like, was different than like art by art, you know what I'm saying? Where it was like, this is, well, I guess you call it a project because it's at the time it was a project. I look at it as, uh, you know, obviously it's gone a year now. We've yeah. done it for a year. Now we got, I know we got 
long years ahead. And so, yeah, that was back in February. And uh, we were on that clubhouse. And that's when, the you know, that was the first NFT drop on clubhouse. Yeah. Too, that people realized, like, it was that early. Was I like, mean, it was that early. It was a year ago. It was, it was legit a year ago on Monday. Oh, wow. Okay, so that was probably the first NFT that I bought. Absolutely. Your collection was one of the first NFTs that I bought. Um, and I was like, it was such a weird time and space because, like I said, we were still in the pandemic. People had been talking about cryptocurrency, had been into cryptocurrencies very mildly, but all of a sudden everyone was talking about NFTs. Um, and what I think for me really resonated with what you were building was you had sort of built a whole community around Aku. So tell us a little bit, number one, about Aku and what your vision was for this project. And then we'll go back into the baseball years and some of your other physical art. But I just I really want to talk about Aku and how incredible it is and the community that you've built around it. Yeah, no, it really started. Uh, it was a derivative. Aku was a derivative of my paintings. Uh, my paintings, I started. Uh, my nephew asked if astronauts could be black in, in, in early, um, what was it, early 2000. Um, and I started painting him as an astronaut uh, with an astronaut helmet, you know, and uh, eventually um, we started releasing these these paintings I was making as animated uh, NFTs. So like in early, like February of 2020, I was releasing these these paintings. I was animating them myself because I had no other gal. I, I couldn't get into a gallery. You know what I'm saying? And like uh, NFTs were there, there was no uh, gatekeeper. So this is what I was doing, and it caught on. People like sort of collecting my work, and this was way before there was any articles or NFTs were mainstream, and no one, no one knew what an NFT was at that point. Yep. And uh, I was able to have some good sales, and took it to a gallery and sort of say, "Hey, like in Art Angels in Los Angeles, I said, hey, like this is what I'm working on. These are my paintings. Look, I sold some. I was able to use NFTs as a proof point, and they gave me a solo exhibition that year, and it sold out like you know like pretty quickly, and. Uh, I was like, man, I, I got to reach a broader audience. Like, I wanted to reach kids. I wanted to reach, you know, people like my nephew's age, you know, six years old. And uh, that's how I came up with this character, Aku, and, uh, you know, created this kind of, like, idea that if I release it as an NFT, as, like, this episodic series, I can have time to prove out that people like it or not, generate revenue that I can use to, like, build scale out and do yeah. more linear, linear content and, and kind of do it independently. And, and that's kind of, like, was the mission. I mean, what's so incredible is, you know, and I think what your project does for me and why I think it's such a great gateway for so many people to understand why NFTs are important and the importance of it started with this idea where you had this your nephew who I'm assuming is a young black kid who was like wait a second I want to be an astronaut but can astronauts be black mm -hmm. and that to do to me was the catalyst to the story you created an entire storyboard around this character of Aku and you know this first drop was sort of the introduction but you know, being able to create a story, you built community, you had people talking about it, and people really felt like they saw themselves in your character. And I think that's what also drove people to the project. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, one of the most important parts about um, this way I releasing content mm -hmm. uh, was I'm releasing it in the open and telling the story in the open, where people are putting their dollars in instead of saying, I like this movie, you know, I'm gonna buy this, you know, or subscribe to it, this platform, Netflix to watch it. I'm gonna put my dollars up and say, I like this so much that I want to uh, quote unquote, quote unquote, invest in this IP, in this story. And they give them to give you feedback. And I was building this IP out in the open and, and engaging with the community on like what they liked, what they didn't like. Like there was a point in the middle of like chapter four and five, like in August and September, 
where we started doing really pretty linear storytelling. Mm -hmm. And the community was like, we actually liked it when it was more artful and like, uh, was kind of like, I, we, there was left, left up for interpretation. So I was able to pivot on that, like comments, on those comments and, and suggestions from the community. And that's 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 what's really special about this. Like Disney and these, and these bigger enterprises are building in silos, right? But for smaller creators like myself, how, how do we get to that level of like, uh, uh, create, you know, creative output and distribution. It's like, we, this is the, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And this, I mean, the web three world, the metaverse, and just this idea of like, you know, creators really owning, um, their content and having a direct link to people in the community where they can influence. I think this is the epitome of what web three is and why I think it's so exciting. Like there's just so much more to come from it. That's what I'm saying. Like what's kind of frustrating to me is like, we had this proof point of Aku, right? And I think like one thing I really hope to see is like other people telling episodic stories using NFTs. Like, you know, let's really do that. Like you see a lot of PFP projects and you see like, you know, board apes, but like, I'm telling you, like I was able to take an idea I had, like a, a simple idea of this character, create this character, create these like episodic series using like a game engine, like that you can have like Unreal and Unity and build these assets and, I was able to turn that into a movie deal and yep. do an event, an experiential event in Art Basel, like really take over Art Basel and then generate X amount of dollars in, in a year. I think we've done $20 million in total sales in, in, in one year. And um, I just want you to say that again, because I think there's so many people out there who are very, you know, bearish on NFTs. They're like, I'm not sure. I don't understand. And here you are. And I think it's really important for our community to see like Greenwood is about, you know, uplifting and empowering black, brown, BIPOC people of color. And you are at the forefront of something that I feel like is truly a renaissance. You know, what we're doing in crypto and NFTs, and you just made $20 million. It's not a scam. It's not a fad doing something that you absolutely love. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not a scam. It's not a fad because like, there are, you know, caveat is that there's a lot of scams. And there's a lot of, and there's a lot of like things out there in trash and people aren't putting the effort or energy in because they don't have to. There's people still buying it. But like yeah. as a black creator in this space, I got to do it at a different level. Like I got to do it at a level that no one's ever done it before because yeah. that's how it is. And so... When I, when I talk about we were the first NFT to be optioned to become a feature film, we are the first and the last one. Like, there ain't no one done it since. Like, that's Nobody's still, we still the one. We did it in April. Like, we did that in April, one month after releasing Aku, you know? And so we did that thing in Miami. We took over Art Basel, yep. three-day, 30,000-square-foot interactive exhibit. Like, we, we're doing this at a whole different level because we have to. You know how it is. Yep. And so um, the it's like, yeah, like, not only like are we capitalizing ourselves to do this independently and do it how we want to do it, we're also like driving value back to the community because it's also important to note that chapter three is selling for 50, 60 grand. It was originally a thousand, a thousand bucks. So we're driving value back and that's everything we continue to do is the first question we ask is how is this going to impact the community? How is this going to drive value back to them? And so as as, as 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 consumers who are thinking like, you know, how can I get into NFTs? Like I, I see this board ape, I don't resonate with that. Like it's look at the projects that you really resonate with and the teams that like are out there, like really building something that makes sense in the real that world. That makes sense to you. And I think that's the biggest key. People say that, but then they miss the point and they're like, oh, this PFP makes sense. And that's fine. Like I've got a couple of PFPs that I really, really like, but you know, it's really the community, the narrative, the storytelling that's, that's around it that is important to me. And I think that build something that will be long lasting that's it like cool like some of the stuff is cool like you got your pfps and stuff but like the most important thing is 
you if your project is not focused on like other business verticals that are that are not tied to nfts it's not going to be successful yeah because this is the hottest market on planet earth and not every market just stays high like how high can the ceiling really go so like for us in particular like aqua was never designed to be an nft only project i i, I use nfts to build an audience let people really invest in the ip that they believe in and let them win as when i win and that's really what it's about but like aqua was always designed to be that mickey mouse of the next generation and yeah. we need mass distribution for that and so like that's one thing i would say like if you, you know look at the projects that are focused on other business verticals, not just merch drops, you know? Right, a merch <laughs> drop. And, and so like going back to, you know, the early days, like, I mean, obviously you were incredibly visionary in this space, but how did you sort of have the foresight to know that that's where the strength was in building? Because so many people like, you know, there was, at this point there was crypto punks, crypto kitties, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to say, but you know, how did you really see like, three years ahead to be that this was really the value. Oh, it was simple. It was that it was really simple because nobody would give me the time of day in the real world when I was coming out of baseball trying to find like what's my next job? Like how can I talk to this person, the CEO of this company, or like this? Like I didn't have access to it. But these people in the in NFT world who were like in it and deep in crypto, I could DM them and they hit me right back. And then yes. And they would say, hey man, like actually check this out. Like this is what you need to be looking for. Or like and, and putting me on game when I couldn't even get like friends to hit me back that like, I'm trying to figure out how I need to get in this, this job or like, what is it like, how do I do this? They, they're not even, like, even friends are not even hitting me back. So like, that was a no brainer. Like, yep, this is going to win. This is where I'm going to go. Cause like they're doing it their own way. And like, they're giving me game that other people aren't giving me. It was that simple. I mean, I just love that you said that because I mean, there's a lot of, to what you're saying here. You know, you were a professional major league baseball player. You've played for teams, you know, across this country. You know, you would think that you had so much access, but here you are, you're a black man. You're like, I made a little bit of money, but I'm here, I'm out here trying to get a job and reiterate myself for the next part of, and nobody would call you back. Oh, no, because everybody wants to be with the, the hottest thing, you know, and everybody wants to be the winner. They see this kid retire from baseball who's trying to, who's, you know, trying to figure out his path in art. I wasn't the major league baseball player, you know, like I, I didn't have the jersey on anymore. So yeah. people rock with the jersey. Same thing is happening now. It kind of leaves you, it kind of leaves me very like reserved and closed off now because like. Because now everyone's calling you back. <laughs> they me, how do I get into NFTs? And it keeps me very, I'm very reserved about, you know, uh, about what I'm doing uh, because, um, you know, everybody wants to be, everybody wants to be in that position. And like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not with that anymore. Yeah. No, <laughs> you but know? you know, one thing I also really love about you said, and I think this is really true um, for, you know, this Web3 world, people like, and maybe it's because it's so new, but people I think are very willing to help educate and learn, you know, mm -hmm. and you're right. There's this whole community where you can DM someone and they will respond back to you. And it's kind of like the equivalent of being like, hey, if you went to DM Mark Zuckerberg, chances are the guy's not going to write back. But What's, and this is why I feel like there's so much opportunity for people of color. This is why I think having conversations like this are so important because we don't want to miss out. And we don't want this idea of like, okay, it's a, it's a scam, there's so much fear. I, I implore people to get involved, do your research, understand, and just have like a better understanding. Because I think once most people do educate themselves on Web3 and blockchain and cryptocurrencies, they get it. They understand. I haven't seen a lot of people, if they've actually taken the time to do their research, walk away and go, no, I'm not interested. No, it's tough. It, you know, it's, you have to do the research in this. Like, I didn't just like 
figure out how to make a programmable artwork that spans 11 years and that you can donate to two boys and Bitcoin overnight. Like I, I, that was something <laughs> exactly. I picked up yeah. years of grinding and figuring out the technology, you know what I mean? And, and I think that's what it is. Like you got to, everybody sees this quick money and there's like quick flips. And that's the problem of like the current era we are in with NFTs. It's like, yeah, people are just flipping money. And so they, it's an easy cash grab type thing, but a lot of people aren't seeing long-term, you know, yeah. like just get in there, like learn, learn, get an NFT, figure it out you know, talk to people, ask questions. And then like, you'll figure it out. Like, don't think like the NFTs are not going anywhere. Like yeah. that's first and foremost, like that is, they are not going to go anywhere. The fact that vaccine cards are still paper in your wallet and like- it Drives me crazy. It's like the best example and use case that could have come out of the past couple of years. And here we are with our cue cards. Wild. Like, like I lost the vaccine card like the day I walked out of the, the, yeah. the place. Like the fact, you know, and all this is, all, NFTs are going to replace all of this. And so- it's best to educate yourself now because we're still super early. Yeah. When the, I think NFTs are going to become more accessible. The prices are going to come down. There's going to be more micro transactions occurring. So there's going to be a lot more volume, lesser high price assets. So it's going to be more accessible. So like learn game now. Like, yeah. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm -hmm. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell me again, let's talk more about like what's next for AQ World because you have built, you know, really like a whole realm around it. Um, you talked about securing a movie deal. So what's next for it? What can we look for? We're releasing um, 15,000 Akutars, 3D generated NFTs. Um, and once you see chapter 10, you'll understand why. Um, it really all ties, we tied it all together. This is a bigger universe. Like you said, it's the Akuverse. Um, and we have, we have partnered with incredible uh, designers and, and uh, brands, design traits. And uh, one, I guess one of the most interesting components of what we're doing uh, with, with the Akuverse and the Akutars in specific is... Uh, there's five teams. So there's only 3000 Aquitars per team. And we've got some really cool things planned, but we also got brands and people integrating into these teams and really treating these teams as like ecosystems where they can add value to the thing they own. Like not every brand should be launching NFTs. It doesn't make sense. Right. Or you start talking like, how can I get into NFTs? It's like, well, you can get into the Aquitar community, Aquitar team and do what you do in the real world and add value to that team. And that's going to, that's going to raise the value of the asset that you own. Cause there's only limited spots. Oh, that's great. That's really yeah. great. Yes. And so that's, that's really it. And I'm still working on, you know, developing linear content, um, activations, big Aku statues being built right now. And we can't My wait. And I still want a physical piece. Are you still creating physical art? Uh, I need to, I'm trying to get into it more. I'm trying to get into it. I think I get more time. I got a lot more help. Okay. Okay, I have some other questions because, you know, I'm, I love to collect and I'm also wondering, tell me the last um, NFT that you bought and some black artists in the space that you're really excited about. Last NFT that I bought, um, that's a good question. I'm trying to think what it was. I gotta take my MetaMask. I think it might have been Crystal by uh, Fuckrender. Ah. Uh, yeah, I think it might have been a crystal by fuck render and a black artist. There's a couple of people I really like that I think are really doing some things behind the scenes. Uh, Latasha and Ja, uh, Lathabo. Uh, Latasha and Ja really on the music and kind of like video elements of like leveraging blockchain technology to like really monetize independently you know their art and they're super dope uh halik mal on the music side is super dope mm -hmm. uh, lathabo digital you know digital paintings incredible um so like there's 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 a there's a, there's a couple sirsu is like a visionary as a person you just follow sirsu s-i-r-s-u follow him on, on twitter if you want to just okay. understand what's happening yeah yeah and okay, so before we, before I let you go, I want to go back to, you know, you were a former Major League Baseball player. You played baseball, you were an athlete. How did you sort of like navigate these two worlds of like baseball art? Were you always creating art? No, I started in 2016. That was when I really figured out, uh, found painting. Um, and, and I don't know, I think it's just anything. I really believe that I could do anything. Like I really do believe that. And it's not like some like night, like, crazy thing i really do think that it's only because 
I love the work that it takes to do something. Like I'm not scared at the beginning of like painting or frustrated that like I suck. It's just like, I know that I get better if I keep working at it. And I, I love that seeing that process. So like painting, if you think about it, painting is like the most tangible way to see yourself get better or something. Like yeah. if, you started, if you, if I was like, let's start painting, I'm gonna give you lessons. And for the next year you're painting. Right. Or we said, Hey, let's go, let's go do, uh, let's take archery classes. Let's just, let's just do for next year. We're going to get better and you'll see yourself get better. And it's just a painting is something I fell in love with and watching myself get better. And, you know, um, that's really it. Well, you guys, he's super talented, both in the digital world and the physical world. So please, Micah, can you tell everyone where to find you on social media, on Instagram, where they can buy Aku and take the journey that you are taking us all on? Yeah, you know, you, you can follow me, Micah Johnson, uh, three, Micah Johnson on social. Uh, uh, and then you can follow Aku Dreams on uh, on Twitter and social. Highly encourage getting a chapter, just one, uh, for, for especially for what's coming next with the Aku Tars. Uh, and, and, and that's really it. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure having you on our show today. No, you. you know, thank you've you. done some incredible things and I just hope that, you know, so many in our Money Moves audience can hear your journey, see what you've said and realize that they can do anything. Like in the words of Micah Johnson, you can do anything. Anything, anything. I never told a story. Before. This is the last thing I would say. I never like made anything 3D before. I never told a story before. I never wrote a children's book or a book. I've never done anything like that. But I, I, I went from, you know, doing this, you know, not heard to like, like I said, $20 million in total sales in one year. Like, that's anything's possible, man. I'm not some like special, you know, feature here. Like this is anybody could have done it. Anybody can do it. Anybody will do it again. Other people are going to do it. I also you know? think it's like testament. And I see this a lot. Like oftentimes we'll have athletes who come on. But you said something apart from saying like, you're like, I really think I can do anything. You're like, I like the work. Yeah, that's it. Like, I like the work. So there's so much work went into what you created. So much work went into your career as like a star baseball player. So much work went into like creating a painting or creating like a digital NFT collection. So like, you know, pe let people know, like, you're like, I like the work. It's work, man. And it always pays up, off. Yeah, that's it. Like, I wake up at 4 a.m., I get my work in. Like, I get eight hours, seven hours of work before the West Coast wakes up. Like, yeah, we like, Still, like, it's not like I'm sitting here just like satisfied. We work even harder. Yeah, yeah. Still yeah. hustling. Like, it's not... Oh my gosh. Well, you left us with so many jewels. You are a gift. Thank you so much for all that oh, you're thank creating. Thank you so much. I love being part of Aku's world. Yeah, um, get it. Get it. This is great, man. Thank you. And thank you, Money Movers. That's all the time we have for today. But make sure you follow Micah on all his social media handles and dive into this Web3 world, dive into NFTs. And you never know, maybe it'll take you to outer space with Aku. Thank you so much for tuning in, Money Moves audience. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 
It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.